0: Oil fan from Stony Plain has Texas us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, hi Bob, the Oilers need Mark Messier 2.0. No hitting, no back checking, no scoring, and poor plays by too many defensemen. I disagree with Woodcroft's opinion that Drysaddle is acting like a leader. He constantly... Uh does wonderless meandering in his own zone his skulking or sulking uh, body language and eye rolling after missed shots has to stop it's time to get rid of McLeod plus Darnay needs to be sent down to Bakersfield with Gleason coming up time for the boys to jack up the emotion this is not a coach problem it's on the players from Oil Fan from Stony Plain I don't know if there's a Mark Messier 2.0 in today's game Uh I don't see the same thing in dry settle that you do and I'm going to tell you that Gleason's not the best defenseman on the farm uh, right now. That's Cam Deneen. So take it for what it's worth. We are going to go off to the River Creek Resort and Casino hotline. And welcome back to the show. Daily face-offs. Frank Cervalli for Horse Racing Alberta Experience. Live standard bed racing. Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack. For more information, head to lahorses.com. Hello, Frank. How you doing? Uh, better than you, I think. How you doing? Y- yep. Yep. It's, uh, you know what, and full disclosure, anybody listening to the show by now knows I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group, and uh, we're in the crapper, and when that happens, it's no fun for everybody involved, and tensions can get uh, added. I can can only Um,
1: imagine what that plane ride was like last night.
0: Yeah, it was a quiet plane ride, to say the least. So, Frank, uh, on the Marc Messier front, I don't think there's a player today like him. Uh, for one, you can't play as dirty as Mark, and I loved that Marc Messier played that dirty. But he did some stuff that you just simply can't, uh, you know, like some people might say, well, Matthew Kachuk's a bit like Marc Messier, and I would argue that that would be sacrilegious to do a comparable between the two. But if you're a Flames fan back in the 80s, you'd say Mark Messier was dirty. Like, he would jump guys in fights and, you know, he also squared up one time with Jamie McCown and beat the living you-know-what out of him. Uh, But is there a modern-day version of Mark Messier in the NHL, or does the game no longer allow for that type of player to exist?
1: Well, what are we... What specific part of Mark... Are you talking about the game, or are you talking about someone that's going to just absolutely drag everyone into the fight, because I do think there's
0: a whole group of those players out there. Alright, so who drags their team into the fight?
1: Uh, I would say you just mentioned one of them in Matthew Kachuk. Um, Yep. I would say um, when you go through a bunch of different players, I think in a different way, I think Sidney Crosby's right there.
0: No question.
1: Um, I think... um, I'm just trying to think. Go through the list of captains in my head. Um, Nathan McKinnon. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Both Kachucks.
0: I love. I love Brady Kachuk. Both Kachucks, you know, drag their teams into the fight. Look at what. what, Did you see
1: the the breakdown from Mike Rupp the other day with Brady Kachuk in Ottawa against Toronto as Max Domi was trying to fight off the faceoff after the Sens took the lead in the third period? No. He was essentially trying to talk, Max Domi was trying to talk Josh Norris into a fight at center ice after the Sens took the lead in the third period. And Brady stepped in and said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. I'm going to take this face off instead. And he leaned over top of Max Domi and, according to Mike Rupp, said, if you're going to fight anyone here, it's going to be me. And then, of course, nothing happened.
0: Yes. I mean, there's different ways to lead. You know, we had somebody criticize uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Uh Some would say playing with a broken ankle and putting up 17 points in five games against your Battle of Alberta rival in the playoffs is an illustration of a way to lead. Some might say that, Frank.
1: I, I would agree with that, but I would also agree with the assessment that at times Leon Dreisaitl's body language is quite mopey. Yeah.
0: See what happens with leon is he doesn't sweat fools and he pushes back once in a while and so that lends itself to depending upon the narrative at the time Now let me ask you this speaking of brady kachuk he made some comments about the pressure in ottawa and mm-hmm. i said earlier in the show frank i probably got 25 to 35 calls from around the league and some of them were big timers like frank servalli and others of them were managers or coaches on other teams uh and i said the oilers right now are one of the biggest stories in the nhl I had a couple guys, oh, there I'm you fine. go, star for you, idiot. It's always about the Oilers. Well, the show is called Oilers. Now, the truth of the matter is this 2-9-1 start has been a significant storyline around the league, unfortunately, for all the wrong reasons, hasn't it, Frank?
1: I'm telling you, there were people watching last night's game that have no dog in the fight that just wanted to see a car crash. It was, uh, unfortunately for for the Oilers and their fans, it was that type of appointment viewing. It was like you couldn't look away. And there were certain moments in the game when you were just like, holy smokes, this might this might not end well for them and potentially for other people involved. And that's that's tough. It's tough to have that level of expectations. And I think to be left this morning when waking up really with no words, of which to explain what we're seeing because it doesn't make any sense. Did you see it coming? Not 1% of this. I think sometimes you hit a rut. I think sometimes you have a five-game stretch that you don't like. Occasionally, it's at the start of a season. But an extended one like this and everything going wrong at the same time, McDavid being hurt, uh, potentially is dry settle at hundred percent even if they are how you know th- so the health is one thing the second thing would be the power play just being absolutely at times looks like it's in a coma then the third thing would be the defensive zone play and some soft coverage and some you know miscues and mistakes and by the way they changed the defensive zone play from last season And then the fourth thing would be, after all those other things fail, could you at least get a stop? Could your goaltending step up and give you something? And it's kind of like, I mentioned car crash, but really what it's more closely aligned to is if you think about an airplane and the redundancy factors, a lot of things have to go wrong in order for an accident to happen. And in this case, the Oilers have been an absolute accident on the ice this season, and they've had almost every system and part of it fail.
0: Yeah. They switched to zone, uh, switched up their neutral zone. Took a look a bit about what Todd McClellan was doing in Los Angeles with a very passive neutral zone that basically preys upon teams being obstinate and trying to carry the puck in and creating transition chances the other way. They pivoted away from that, Frank, around the time that you were in Edmonton in the preseason. Okay, so they they practiced about it. Yeah, and And then in terms of the zone. What do you say? He
1: said that he thinks at times the media makes too big a deal of it.
0: Yeah. Well. So then they started the year with zone and then switched it on the Saturday before the Heritage Classic and went back to, uh, you know, a scenario where it's. A little bit of zone, a hybrid system, I guess, is the best way to describe it. So, and they've been playing it since then. And they've, now, now the one thing is, what do you make of a five and a half percent shooting percentage? for the Edmonton Oilers since the Heritage. So, the Heritage Classic, you were there for that game. You were in town with your family. It was the most complete game Edmonton played all season. That game was never in doubt. Edmonton was infinitely better than Calgary. Three of the last four games since, they've had over 40 shots on goal. Uh, the game against Dallas, 49 shots on goal. Last night, 41 shots on goal. Those are one-goal games they lose. What do You, you know, is, is this a team in a scoring funk? What, what do you think...
1: It's a team in an everything, Funk. It's a team that I think is lost right now. And I don't know where they're going to find themselves. I don't know how they find themselves. And I know someone listening to that says, well, isn't it on the coach? Doesn't the coach have to write the ship and be the guy that is is steering this team in the right direction? And the answer to that, ultimately, of course, is yes. But... I, I'm not I'm not feeling the coaching change. Like I'm gonna be honest. And I think really the biggest reason for that is I don't I'm not looking at the market out there saying, Yep, you know, that's the guy. That's the guy that's gonna come in, fix this, and and help this Oilers team not just make the playoffs, but chase a Stanley Cup. And if that person existed, if just give you a happenstance. If Joel Quenville was reinstated and available and interested, then I'd say, yeah, you know what? There's a ready-made guy that you can plug right in here. Uh, short of that, making change just for the sake of it, I get at some point it's going to become necessary here, and we're gonna we're not far away from that point. But in the meantime, I, I, there should be some onus and emphasis on the players here, which there is. But I also think there's a huge, you mentioned shooting percentage. Alex Ovechkin's shooting 4.4% this year. There's a reason why he has two goals. He didn't just wake up this season and forget how to fire the puck. There's a, a huge element of what's transpired this season to luck. Almost all of the underlying metrics would seem to indicate that the Oilers are a lot better and playing a lot better than their results would indicate. But I just don't think you can get the 20 games in, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, and all of a sudden say, hey, yeah, this is, it's going to somehow turn around. You may have to make changes before then.
0: 780-496-0063 are Ashley Floors text line. What are the Oilers' three biggest problems right now? Texas seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Mark in Saint Albert says, "Bob, just let Frank know that everything will be okay as the Oilers' management and coaching staff sit on their hands and do nothing." Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily I don't believe think that's even possible. I don't
1: think this ownership group will let management sit okay. on their hands.
0: This text comes in saying, "I just spent the day on the road. We're the joke and the laughing stock of the league. I listened to NHL Network on Sirius. Every show today absolutely ripped us. And changing the coach is going to accomplish nothing. Everyone and their dog can see that Connor McDavid's hurt. Why lie about it? He needs to sit and heal. Frank, your response.
1: Good luck trying to get him to sit. And here's the yeah, part I, mean- I don't really understand about the injury is." Yeah, it's, he's clearly not himself, but you were there at the outdoor skate practice on Saturday evening at Commonwealth Stadium. You saw him play in the Heritage Class. He was flying. I don't know if that's all adrenaline or what, and part of that's gone away. I don't know if he got banged up again in the meantime, but I, I have a real hard time believing, even if he's 40%, that you're going to be able to you know, staple Connor McDavid's equipment to his stall so he can't put it on.
0: Yeah, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Give me uh, your list of, the, and we'll limit it to three. Three primary major reasons why Edmonton's in the position. All right. Uh, 549 in Edmonton. A lot of people have talked about goaltending Frank. You're one of the biggest insiders in the league. Frank Saravelli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Live standard bed racing Fridays and Saturdays out at Century Mile. What's the goaltender market at right now? And I'm going to give you a range of names. Because I believe it would be like, I believe a guy like Jordan Bennington could be had. Okay? I think that dr Armstrong would there we go. What about a, been on a, my know, trade board for two years? Juicy Saros. Juicy Saros. Uh, obviously, a very good goaltender. Nine, nineteen save percentage the last two years. Uh, give me. The, what, what do you think the acquisition cost would be of Saros if the orders included fully realizing there be, there'd be negative trade equity right now in Jack Campbell? What do you think the acquisition cost would be for Saros? Could they get him?
1: I don't think he's available and i could be mistaken but i've been under the impression that the preds are they realize how difficult it is to get a goalie of that ability and and consistency and magnitude and i believe their plan is to try and re-sign him the guy in nashville that has been available is yaroslav Askarov, and i don't think anyone thinks that you know he's ready at this stage right now to be a full-time starter nhl goalie which is what the oilers need so if you were to ask me by the way to give you my order goaltending is right is number one it's the top of the list
0: okay seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three uh kjam wants to know hey bob uh ask frank what he thinks happens first a trade or a coaching slash gm change
1: um, I would say the more likely would be the coaching change first and then a trade but I do think that the Oilers spent a whole chunk of time this week really diving into the goaltending market and I was told what they learned was quote it's expensive and personally I this may sound like an easy thing to say from afar I don't I don't think there is a such thing right now as too expensive. The position is voodoo. I think everyone recognizes that. What you get yesterday may not be what you get the next day. But I think the Oilers really need some stability there and and can't count on Jack Campbell finding his game. You can't count on... Uh, Cal Pickard to win you some games and you can't just hope and pray and wish that Stuart Skinner finds his game right now. I think he's a fine, you know, backup or or 1B, but you need someone to come in and, and straighten things out for the rest of the season.
0: All right, Frank, great stuff. Thank you for joining us Friday. We look forward to our conversation on Monday. Have a good one. It is 5.52 in Edmonton. That's daily face-offs. Frank Cervalli for the Horses and Horse Racing, Alberta. Experience live standard bed racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, head to thehorses.com. When we come back, I'll get to your text on the Ashley Five Floors text line. It's 5.52 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. Last call, our exclusive Oilers Now Road Trip to Montreal to watch the Oilers play the Canadians. This package includes airfare, three nights in a deluxe hotel downtown Montreal, game tickets, a private suite with food and drinks. And of course, not one but two welcome receptions with yours truly and special guests. Experience the incredible hockey history of Montreal this January to be a part of the awesome Montreal Road Trip. Visit newest com. We go to the Ashley Five Flores text line. And Atif says, Bob, uh, top three problems, defense, puck control, goaltending. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, do you think Kelvin Pickard will play in Seattle? And if not, any guess when from Cal in the Grove? Um, I think we're going to see Stuart Skinner. I think we're going to see Stuart Skinner. Bob, any uh, can you shed some light on the why the orders traded down and passed on Jesper Wallstat? I remember the sinking feelings I had watching it happen. Wallstat was our guy, and then Johnson goes right after. Why? Well, Paul Coffee was. Wyatt Johnson credited Paul Coffee in an interview that he did with uh, Elliot. Uh, Friedman and Jeff Merrick's 32 Thoughts. Uh, that Coffee coached uh, Wyatt Johnson for four years. Stat was represented by Edmonton based agent Jerry Johansson, who also had Sebastian Costa that year. And my feeling was the orders needed to look at one of those two guys. Uh, this text comes in. Number one, Evan Bouchard's five-on-five play has been an issue. Uh, number two, no fourth-line shutdown presence or physicality. And number three, you either need your top nine to buy in and back check or you need to build a monster defense and shut guys down. Since I don't think our forwards will ever buy in on the back check, I think we need to redesign our defense with nurses, as our power play quarterback. And then six f- uh, physical shutdown guys. I keep thinking Richardson and Bouchard types. Also, uh, Bob, I think that Nashville would trade Saros at $6 million and a fourth line grinder for Bouchard Skinner in a 2024 1 and 2. Huh. Interesting. But then the orders would have to get Saros to do a minimum three year extension. Uh, you can text us 780 496 0063. We will do one more text here. Wild Bill out of Lloyd, Bob. The Oilers are in the thick of it. How many more points are they going to watch slip away before making a tangible move? Claude Julien is the top coaching candidate available. Stanley Cup pedigree. Saros and Askarov or Hart and Bennington, the goaltending options that make sense. Need to make one of these moves happen as soon as possible. Can't continue to waste the season. The time says Wild Bill is now. The time is now for Thomas Dias to do a global news weather traffic update at six o'clock. Ryan Clark from ESPN, who uh, is based here in Seattle. He will join us at 6.05. We'll talk a bit about some league issues and a little bit about the Seattle Kraken as well. And then uh, Brendan Escott, myself, and Reed Wilkins will have an extended conversation on the orders at 6.35. You're listening to Oilers Now.